Hello, welcome everybody. How are you guys doing? It's a wonderful Monday night once again. Time goes by, time the clocks have moved forward and it is still sunny out. <laughs> it just like totally blows my mind how we um it just goes so quickly. Anyways, so we are on the Monday night call, and this call is every Monday for all distributors. So if you're new getting started and you need a place to just listen and hear new ideas and get going, this is a great place for you. And if you're a leader and you have some people in your team and you guys just want to have a group training <laughs> every week, I know many leaders that dial in on the phone and they put it on speaker and they have a potluck or they dial it in and everybody comes in together. So there's so many things that you can do that are, um, you know, one of the keys that I've learned from Tom Challen, who is my mentor in Young Living Business, or in business in general, but he's working with a lot of you in coaching. He's like, you know, if you really want to leverage your time, you know, when I talk about myself personally, you know, how did I get to platinum and how am I going diamond on part-time hours on 20 hours or less a week? And he teaches that too, how, you know, while you still have a life growing your business. It's it is definitely leveraging your time by using training that is not necessarily yours <laughs> unless you've recorded it and you are using it for to send people to. It also creates duplication. You know, when people are following the same teaching and training, then everybody's getting starting off on the same page. And so when I started outsourcing and leveraging, I wasn't the sponsor the business trainer, the coach, the counselor, the shrink, the babysitter, the presenter for classes. When I started leveraging myself and outsourcing some of that and becoming very strategic with my time, I, was, I actually cut my hours in half and I doubled my income. And one of the ways that I did that was through starting this Monday night call. And Tom was the one that told me to do it. He goes, trust me, it's a really great thing. Just have all your team leaders come on, have them bring their new members, and leverage your time. And then I opened it up for all of you, too, to do the same thing. It's no difference to me if I'm speaking to my team or the entire company's team. It doesn't matter. This is all sharing this wonderful knowledge. And, and then for the you to do the same thing, you know, plug people into this Monday night call as part of your program. We have so many different types of people on this call to share the information. You know, and that was a huge part of me changing my time, and I wasn't always the expert, quote-unquote. And then I started doing other things like using online presentations or pre-recorded presentations to do some of the training for me. I recorded a video library of the frequently most asked questions, and when somebody would ask me a question, I would send them a video. Well, how do I do essential rewards? Boom, here's a video. <laughs> how do I do PV Assist? Oh, here's a video. How do I you know, know the beginnings of the comp plan? Here's a video. Like that comp plan, crazy simple comp plan in 10 minutes or less. It's on YouTube. It's had over 100,000 views. That was created for my team so that brand new members in 10 minutes could get the gist of the comp plan. And so you, this is how you leverage your time, and that is – 
part of the main reason of Diamond Factory system so that we had a lot of those videos done. So when somebody asks you a question, great, go over here, follow this link, watch this video, get back to me. Okay, great, you've done that, go ahead, follow this, read that PDF, let's get back to me. That's going to show you exactly this, and this is going to show you that. And it makes it very easy so that you're not, as some of you I know without a question, because I talk to a lot of you who are executive or silver, and we've done some training in the most recent weeks about being stuck. And a lot of you are repeating the same words over and over and over and over and over and over to different people in your group. It's like you're a broken record. So the best thing to do is to start to find tools to leverage and do the work for you. So kudos to you to coming on this Monday night training, sharing it with your teams, or if you're listening to the recording because this is on iTunes and it's on SoundCloud and it's all over the Internet and other places, that I give you a lot of credit and I commend you and it's really great. So, <laughs> so that's that. So let's talk quickly about the uh, Monday – no, not Monday. No. Um, I was going to talk about – um, let's see. Oh, last-minute uh, registrations for Tom Challen in San Diego. If you're in Southern Cal, which I, there's a lot of you down there, um, he's doing – or in Vegas. He's doing a training this weekend, which Monty and I are going to be there for distributors. It's open to all network marketing, but it's going to be 90% Young Living. Um, that's PriorityNetworkerEvents.com. You can get a ticket there. And let's talk about the specials really quick. March PV, I just literally got my order right before I got on the call today. <laughs> and I was really excited because some of my favorite things were in there because I'm on Essential Rewards, and you should be too. I got a free Vitality Lime Oil because of the 100 PV. And I went, of course, my order is over 300 PV. So I get everything because I want everything. <laughs> so 190 PV, I get... Uh, I got the lime and the Thieves Veggie Spray, and because I'm on Essential Rewards, I also got Blue Cypress. And then when your order is 250, you also get addition to that stuff a lavender, 15 mil. And then when you do 300, which I was so excited to pull out of my um, box, this free 15 milliliter of frankincense. It really doesn't get better than that, you guys. So make sure you get your orders in, and you can you know you can do that more than once. Um, the last thing I'm going to talk about is convention. It uh, is coming fast. <laughs> so it's convention.com slash 2017 convention is the link. You can follow it through your back office as well. Make sure that you get registered for the breakouts and the workshops your farm ticket, what, you know, spa appointments, whatever it is you're looking to do, get registered, get it all handled, and um, be able to get the full experience. I would encourage you to come a few days ahead of time because there are events that are happening prior to uh, the convention starting. There's a Roma Vendor Day, which is the 13th and 14th. We are going to do a workshop. Tom and I are going to do it on the 13th or 14th. We're locking down just depends on the hotel availability. As you guys know, it's a little crazy there. So we're going to have something those dates as well. But there's so many things happening, and you can tour Salt Lake and things like that. So be sure to do that. Okay, so let's get one more thing. Uh, for This is the Monday Night Call, and if you want to hear recordings, go to diamondfactorytraining.com. Everything is listed there for download. Um, yeah, DiamondFactoryTraining.com. You can get a free membership and download everything there. Or if you are a podcast person, you can find it on iTunes and SoundCloud if you've got those apps. Something else too, and I don't remember what stream or something that Monty put it on. Um, so you can also get it that way through your phone or whatever you listen to. 
and be able to hear all these amazing calls since 2012, you guys. It's insane. And uh, I think that's it. Oh, if you're not on the email list, make sure you go to OurSimpleTraining.com, and that's where you can subscribe to the email list for Monday night. Okay, tonight's guest, I am really excited because I'm a money person, you guys. I am a green personality and a red personality. I think it's like 50-50 with a like a splash of blue and maybe one like p- dot, like a period of yellow. <laughs> I got yellow my own way. So, you know, one of the things I get really excited about is that there's a major advantage with having your Young Living business with your taxes. In the first year that I got into Young Living, I was working corporate full-time, and I was able, because I really looked at Young Living as I was starting a legitimate business as if I was going and getting a kiosk in the mall, and I invested a lot in my business to get launched. I didn't take it lightly. I I really wanted to make this successful because I looked at it as my freedom ticket out of corporate America. And I did not want to be in corporate till I was 65 years old. I thought, if that's going to be my life, and I watched what happened to my dad and him getting laid off, and, you know, it was just bad. I'm like, no, I'm not going to let that happen to me. And so I looked at Young Living literally as my ticket out. But the first year I was in business from all that startup, the most amazing thing happened. When I went to file my taxes, I was making, I don't know, 45 thousand a year back then it was what 17 years ago and I remember you know that's my regular income and then my investment into my young living business all the startup costs everything I had done the training blah 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 my tax return was a substantial amount of money and it was because I was legitimately starting a business and that was you know that affected my personal filing and I was able to get money back that I had paid in from my job. So a lot of you that are working corporate uh, you know, or working some type of job, you know, young living, you know, if you're working it legitimately and you are doing the right things and keeping track of your paperwork and what you're doing and how you're promoting and who you're sponsoring, you can have significant even – you can give yourself a raise indirectly by – getting a great refund because of your investment in your business. So with that, I was really um, excited to see that uh, Dee Dee Stone had written a book, and I've got it right here, called What Can I Deduct? And she is an accountant. She is also an author, and she's an oiler. And the really cool part was is that she's a former IRS auditor. And so she knows the ins and the outs and what the government's looking for and who gets flagged when, where, and why. And she wrote this really cool book for you guys to help you get started so that you can cover your booties and also not give the government more money than you should because you work hard and you're entitled to keep what you're entitled to keep. But if you don't know what you're entitled to keep, then the government says, okay, you don't know, I'm keeping it because you don't know. So <laughs> with that, DD, I am so excited you're here because we have some cool things to tell people and you're going to help shed some light on an area that people have a very difficult time with. So thank you and welcome to the call. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. I am too. And you know, you guys, if you had heard us talking the other day on the phone, 
we, we, it's like we could have recorded that. It was, it was amazing when we were going over what we were going to talk about. And, I, you know, this is such a passionate topic for me, if you can't tell. I'm like literally giddy, which is silly because it's taxes. But, you know, there's so much that people, um, there's so much confusion. And, you know, what, uh, if you want to give us a little background of how did you wind up writing this book and how did you even connect with Young Living people? So in uh, 2014, so I've had my business since 2006, and in 2014, one of my mortgage broker clients referred a Young Living person to me, and uh, she was trying to buy a house and needed some help with her taxes. So I did her tax return, and she referred quite a few people to me and everybody that would call me had the same questions. And so I, uh, I called her up in December and said, hey, do you want me to teach a class for you? And she's like, oh my gosh, that would be great. So we did a class. I got more clients. I had signed up for Young Living by that point and was using the oils. And so we kind of went along until last year, um, tax season last year. I had um, a good friend now and client up in Wisconsin who she called me right after the April 15th deadline and she said, are you going to convention? And I was like, no, I don't think I am. She goes, no, you have to go and get a vendor table at the aroma sharing event. And I'm like, why would I get a vendor table? She's like, for the book. And I was like, what book? <laughs> she was like, you know, the book you're going to write to tell us what we can write off. And I was like, yeah, in two months, do you think I'm going to write a book? And she's like, you could totally do it. I did because she's got three kids and a full-time job and, and does the end living. And she's like superwoman. It was like, you know, kind of like, Oh, if she could do all that, surely I could write a book. So got a table, had most of the book ready um, for pre-sales at convention and just kind of went from there. Oh, I love that. I love that because from your experience, in the past, you know, between, you know, you helping people and also, you know, doing audits yourself, why, why is there such a resistance with, you know, a little background, you guys, I had a horrible time finding an accountant that could get what I was doing. Why is there such a resistance with that? Like, so many distributors, they ask me, where do you go for accounting? I can't find an accountant. He or she won't let me do this, and I know I can do this, and, you know, I can't deduct this, and, I, I, you know, it's horrible. Why, why does that happen? Um, it happens a lot because a, a lot of tax professionals see network marketing as really a hobby for most people. They don't understand it. Um, like myself, you know, when I first when I first got that first client, I didn't honestly think anything of it because after ten years in business, you know, I young living people are the only network marketing people I've ever seen <laughs> to make that kind of money. Like I would get clients, you know, from Pampered Chef or Mary Kay or Beachbody and nobody was really making any money, but they were writing off all kinds of crazy stuff. And so we don't, um, a lot of tax people don't see it as a legitimate business because a lot of distributors don't treat it like a real business actually. So, you know, and, and there are a lot of uh, direct selling companies that, that get taken to tax court. So there are a huge number of tax court cases with, you know, network marketing companies. Amway really is high on the list, but there's Mary Kay and lots of others. And when they go, more or less, it's broken down because they violated the hobby loss rules. So they're taking mm. huge deductions that they aren't allowed to take. And 
that certainly isn't true of everyone, but those people that they pick on um, and go all the way to tax court, they stand out in the minds of tax people, and you don't want to be the tax preparer that you know, had to go to tax court because somebody was you know, writing off their hobby business, and so they're really super hyper-conservative. And again, it's mostly because they don't understand it. Mm, that's so crazy. Now, you, um, how do you want to say this? So you decided to leave, how long were you an auditor, um, an IRS auditor? You decided so, to leave that and then help small businesses. Why, you know, what, what's the deal with that? So I was an auditor for about a year, and um, it was miserable. You have to be very mean. Um, <laughs> oh, you're not mean. <laughs> it's, it's real, I mean, I can be mean. I used to have a job like that, but uh, <laughs> I don't like to be mean. So I audited mostly small businesses, and, um, you know, there's just not a, a lot of room for sympathy there. And, you know, you really – a lot of small business owners can't really afford someone to come and represent them throughout an audit because it's very time-consuming, and most tax people – um, CPAs, attorneys, they charge a, a pretty large hourly rate to represent you during an audit, and they just flat can't afford it. So um, small yeah. business owners are a really easy target. But, you know, um, I audited a state trooper who his wife oh. was pregnant and or had just had their baby, I guess, and was on maternity leave. She worked for Garden Ridge. He had just moved to Texas from Louisiana, went to the same tax person as all the people he worked with, let him take all kinds of crazy deductions like dog food and like silly stuff. And he owed like three or $4,000 and he cried at my desk. Like you just can't keep doing that. And so I just was like, you know what? I'm just going to go on the other side here because small business owners are a huge part of our society and they, they need the same help as everybody else. Yeah. It's and really you can be true. Nice. Go ahead. Yes. Well, <laughs> you know, your nature, you know, some people are just downright biatches. And you know what? I don't feel that from you in general. Either the oils are doing like miracles on you or something like that. But I feel that that's, you know, the core of your being. Of course, we can all get some nastiness, especially if it's your job. But, you know, I, I would figure that would be extremely stressful. And yes, yeah. I can't even imagine what that would be like to be on that side of the fence. And, you know, small business owners, like you said, they, you know, they don't have the money. And some of them do, but a lot of them, they're just making it. They're barely making it. And, I, yeah, I could, it would, I would imagine a really hard, um, you know, fine or, you know, b big amount of taxes could maybe even put them out of business. Yeah, and, you know, most of them want to do the right thing and do things the right way. They just don't know what that is. Mm hmm. That's why you're here doing this. And exactly. A, a special little book for us and, you know, all these cool things. So on, the, um, on a lighter note, what oils, this is, oh, for, we, we got to geek out here for a second on oils. What oils are um, supportive of this time of year? Like I already filed corporate because that was like a couple of days ago, but we got corporate time in March and we got personal time in April. It's kind of a crazy time for everybody involved. What have you found helps keep the sanity and the money flowing this time of year? So I diffuse um, right on the corner of my desk when I'm working. I diffuse abundance and highest potential and clarity. 
And uh, one of my clients laughed when I um, told her I diffuse abundance when I'm doing tax returns. And she said, I'm just going to sprinkle that all over mine. She actually <laughs> thought she was going to owe a lot of money and got a refund. So I'm just saying, maybe it helps. <laughs> That's, was she an oiler or she's a general yeah, client? Yeah, she is. No, she, no, she is. Yeah. Oh, that is just hilarious. Well, it does work. You know, Gary Young tells the first stories of abundance oil. You know, for those of you that don't know, when Young Living first opened, let's just say back in the old days when he was handwriting labels and really before Mary came in and straightened them all out, um, he the phone was not ringing and he, he did not have, quote, abundance. And it was scary and he was really concerned. And so he took abundance oil and he sprinkled it all over the phone and all over the office and lo- the phone started ringing and the order started just coming in even though it had not rang at all. And that's abundance oil is something that everybody needs for everything, except if you're trying to get pregnant, you might have a litter of children if you use abundance <laughs> oil in that process. Use it sparingly in that case, yeah. Yes. You have to be careful what intention you have when it's abundance, like abundance of something like speeding tickets or children or you know, whatever it may be. Just be mindful when you're using it because these oils will magnify your intentions. So, well, let's talk about some of the big myths and tips. And I was, oh, darn it, I thought of a really, really good question for you earlier today, and I forgot to write that one down. It was massive. Um, We'll have to come back to that one. But let's talk about, hopefully you'll come in while I'm sitting here talking to you because it's really juicy. But let's talk about some of the big ones you know there, your, your book goes into in things in more detail and it's clear in it's very clear in there but there's some things that I really would love for you to share how um, I would say some of the really big myths and you know we've got a little list, I've made a little list here of things like that um, you know really confusing things like we could just start with the most asked question I think of all time and maybe you can attest to that is can you take the $100 order as a deduction right off the top? Of that our, is, our, in our, fact, our, the most asked question of all time, I'm pretty sure. Um, yes and no. Um, so, so we would like to make the answer as clear as the tax code. Um, so you can't take a line item deduction for the 100 PV itself, but you can take a deduction for anything in that order that is for business. And so if you place an order for 100 PV and all 100 of it is for your business, like for um, promotions, samples, um, you're going to give them to a team member, so team development, things like that, then you can absolutely write that off. If, on the other hand, a couple of the items in your order are for business and the rest are personal, you can only deduct the items that are used for business. So a great example for me is every month when I place my order, I'm just like you. I spend the 300 every time because I like free stuff. Um, I get Ningxia Zing, and I get at least two cases of it, and yeah. I'm not sharing it. <laughs> I'm not sampling that out to you. You must get your own. Um, that's, so that's greed. I a, <laughs> yeah, I might give you a little shot glass full if I have one that I haven't <laughs> opened, but I'm drinking the rest because they're like liquid gold. Um, oh, man. 
I will write off the other stuff in my order, but obviously I'm, I'm not using those for business. I'm not going to write those off. I'm also not going to write off my toothpaste, although I have on occasion ordered a whole bottle of toothpaste just for the purpose of going around and squirting people's fingers and letting them try it because people don't like to try new stuff. So, um, But if you order something for business, then you can absolutely deduct it. So getting that 100 or more, so I've actually had young living people tell me that their tax person let them take the 100 a month, um, but only the 100 a month. So if they spent 400, they still only let them take 100, which is also equally incorrect. Like the, the bottom line is if you spend money for business, you can deduct it. If you buy something for personal use, you cannot deduct that. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. And one thing that I like, and I know a lot of people cuss about this, is, and I don't because I have, a, um, you know, I have to pay taxes. I sell some other products as a practitioner. It's not in network marketing or anything like that, but just little things. And and for those of you that have done this as well, you've got to pay sales tax. And I know we're not talking about like personal income tax, but I'm actually really grateful that I prepay the tax on all the product and that I, it's even at the retail price, so I don't even need to mess with filing state sales tax with Young Living. Young Living is doing all that work for us. I just had to put that plug in for Young Living because it's a real pain in the booty because even if you're using it for personal use, you still need to pay income, uh, state tax on that for sales. And I just, I, 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 I'm grateful for it. A lot of people want to be tax exempt and all this. And I'm like, you know what? You're, you're cutting the system and you're going to get flagged. And it's just easier to let Young Living pay for it because you have to pay for it anyways. So that, I well, had to say that. That's all. <laughs> and 92% of the people who sign up with Young Living aren't working it as a business. So honestly, mm-hmm. like imagine, I mean, it's 8% of you, and I assure you that state sales tax report filings are way worse than filing your federal income tax. Oh, it's a pain in the booty. I mean, it's, so, it yeah. is really a pain in the booty. And, yeah, I know that it, it's just it's difficult. And I, my sales tax recorder to, this, to Minnesota is like $15. I mean, it's so ridiculous because that's not what I do, but I just happen to have some things for some clients of mine. And it's a pain. It's it's just a big pain. And the fact that we don't need to do that, Young Living handles all that, is a blessing. And, and that comes up a lot, I know, when I've had business classes and things like that. So I just had to plug it in. But, Absolutely. Uh, and the sales tax you pay on the products you buy for business, also tax deductible. So on your federal. Mm. So. Yes. <laughs> did you guys catch that? I hope you did. It is really, really good. So what if you're sampling, like you said sampling. So say if I've got a hundred you know, $100 order just so that we can make it easy. Do I, is it better to, you know, sample, like if I'm using a bottle personally, but I'm also sampling it, how, how do you work with that? Because it's like, well, is it mine or is it theirs? You know, how, what is, like, how do you handle that? So in the perfect world, you know, we like to see everything <laughs> kept very distinctly separate. So in the perfect world, everybody would just order two bottles of lavender, one for personal use and one for sampling. Um, in reality, especially if you're new, number one, you don't want to buy two bottles of anything because you want to try all the other bottles of everything. And two, you may not have the money. And so you have a mixed-use bottle, and the best way to do it 
is to have like an Excel spreadsheet in my Facebook group in the files. We have a sample log template, um, and it's to put down the date, the name of who you gave stuff to, um, the number of drops, and what it was you gave them, and write off cost per drop. Um, takes a little bit of work. It's good for not just tax purposes because you know if you write off. Say at the end of the year you have $4,000 you write off for samples and the IRS audits your return and they go, well, you know, show me receipts for this $4,000 worth of samples. You show the receipts from buying the oils and they say, okay, well, show me who you gave them to and you have nothing. They can disallow that. So you should keep records of who you give samples to in some format. But the cost per drop spreadsheet is a great way to get an accurate amount um, if you, you know, might not be so great in the accounting area, which happens with a lot of people, um, you can at least estimate. So, you know, if you're giving away some and you're using some personally, you know, at least estimate. Don't take 100% of the bottle. Take, you know, 75% or 50% or 25% and just estimate what percentage you gave away versus used personally. Mm. Do you have a favorite software? I, you know, are you, do you prefer like... Excel in general, or do, are you a QuickBooks person, or what? I know I've, each accountant I know has got like a favorite software. I, you know, I use QuickBooks personally for like my home budget and finances, as well as for my business, both my Young Living business and my tax practice. Um, I am different than a lot of a lot of tax people in that I, you know, I tell my clients use whatever it is that you're going to do consistently, mm-hmm. and I will adapt. So mm. uh, you may have the world's suckiest accounting system that you love, but that is <laughs> not your problem. That's my problem to overcome. So, I mean, I think QuickBooks is super easy. I know a lot of young living really, uh, a lot of young living distributors really like TaxBot because it makes yeah. it super easy. Um, and I love the TaxBot reports. The only thing I would say as a negative to TaxBot is. Once you hit a rank where, you know, you should maybe consider doing like an LLC, an S-Corp type thing, and you have to report a balance sheet, it doesn't track equity accounts. So you're going to have to switch eventually anyway. But, I mean, to start out, it's, it's inexpensive, easy to use, and has super great reporting. So it's just whatever you're going to do consistently. You know, that's another million-dollar question right there. I'm – the queen. I, I like hoard S corps. You know, I've got two of them. Just like you know, I don't have children, so I may as well have something to do. And so I, um, I have one for a specific purpose, um, not related to Young Living. But I have my my comp, my Peacock Enterprises is the holder of my Young Living distributor account. At what what rank do you suggest that people then put it into some type of entity? Um, in general for, you know, taxes and all that other jazz. I don't really advise that based on rank, but more so if you're netting between twenty five and $30,000 a year, so, uh, you know, after expenses, if you're still making twenty five to $30,000 a year, you should start considering that for the tax advantage. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there – as a sole proprietor, you're paying self-employment tax on 100% of your income, and that's 15.3%, mm-hmm. plus you're paying income tax. So when you do an S-Corp, you do have to do payrolls. It gets a little complicated. You don't want to start that right out of the gate necessarily. Um, but it can save you a significant amount in self-employment tax because the tax courts have ruled that salary, which is the part that's going to be subject to that same 15.3%, can be as low as 35% of the income that you have. So if you made $100,000 net 
as a sole proprietor, you would pay 15300 in self-employment tax, but as an S-corp, um, you could do your salary at 35000 and only pay 5300 So you would save yeah. ten grand. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think it's, you know, there's, a, there's other reasons too, liability issues and things like that, um, to have an S-corp, but I just... I think it's really, I love S-Corps. And, you know, it's funny that different states, I've lived in three different states, and different states prefer, accountants prefer different entities. Like when I was in North Dakota, everybody had an LLC. That was just the way it was. When I, I'm from Illinois, and everybody's got S-Corps. It's just like, it's really weird. I don't know. It's just really, it was a really weird thing. When I went moved to North Dakota, and I was talking about S-Corps to my people that I know that businesses, they're like, Wait, we all have LLCs. I was like, well, that's really so weird. So the funny thing about that is we mostly file LLCs here in Texas as well. And an LLC is a state-level entity, and it's not recognized at a federal level. And an S-corp is a federal-level entity, and no state actually has an S-corp that you can form. An S-corp is a federal tax filing status only. So an LLC can file as a sole proprietor, a partnership, an S-corp, or C-corp. Isn't that something? That is so interesting. You know, people are probably falling asleep right now. We better move on to the next question. <laughs> this is geek out time. You guys, there's some selfish questions that I'm asking personally. You got I got to admit it. But, you know, you mentioned earlier about frivolous expenses that get flagged by, you know, that get flagged and the IRS is like, whoa, what are you doing here? What are some of those that people, like, I know you mentioned dog food and like things like that, but when you were, you know, if you could suggest to people like kind of things that, to keep themselves cool, what, um, what would you suggest to keep them on the safer side and just in general? Because I know every case is specific, but, you know. In general, I would say just be honest. Be honest with yourself and, you know, with the government about what your intent was. So I recently answered some questions in the Facebook group where apparently another tax person had said, you know, you can um, do entertainment things with your team, which entirely is true. You can do entertainment yeah. things with your team as business deduction, but I would not suggest that you all go out for pedicures. You pay only for your pedicure, and because there were four other team members there, you write that off as team development. Dude, you are getting your toes done anyway. Um, now, if you're at a higher rank and you're making some money and you take your whole team out or your strongest builders or whatever for pedicure and you pay for all of them, you could totally take that legitimately as team development for part of a thing with your team. Um, same thing with meals and entertainment. You know, we try to stretch that into, oh, well, I was at dinner and I mentioned to my waitress that she should use some lavender on that burn that she just got on my fajita skillet. Um, that doesn't make it a write-off. Um, you know, like if you are having a legitimate business meeting over lunch or dinner or even breakfast, or if you're traveling for a convention or things like that, then you can absolutely write that off. But if you swing through, um, I do sometimes find this a little bit humorous, um, people on the way to teach a class and they swing through McDonald's or somewhere. I was like, wait a minute, that doesn't add up. But if you swing through the drive-thru on your way to teach a class or attend a class, that is not actually a legitimate tax deduction. You should have eaten before you left. Um, but if you're having, you know, a serious business meeting, then that's completely different. So just things yeah. like that. Like we, we stretch things that, you know, we really shouldn't write off. And 
sure it helps you on the taxes unless you get audited and everything is disallowed and then you end up paying the tax plus the penalties and interest but also you never fully know how much your business is making you mm-hmm. mm. that's a really good point and uh, do you suggest that people you know when they're getting started okay and a lot of distributors that are listening to this they may be you know, I guess executive silvers maybe some stars and things like that and they're like, okay, I know later I'll be doing maybe S Corp LLC, whatever, you know. But what should they do first? Like, what's the first like couple steps that they need to do to get their 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 stuff together, like literally their rears and gears, so that they're prepared for? Well, this we're still in the earlier part of 2017. What can they do to to set themselves off to a good start? I would say, first and foremost, if you don't have a separate business bank account um, for your Young Living business, go now, tomorrow, as soon as the banks <laughs> open and get one. Um, it doesn't have to be like a quote-unquote business account. It can be just a separate personal account, but it should be a separate bank account that is used only for your Young Living business. And you know, you mentioned you know some stars and, and things on the call that may not be making enough money yet to cover all their expenses with that account. It is absolutely fine to transfer money from your personal account into your business account to cover your expenses. Um, that doesn't count as income. It's just you transferring the money in. But it's much better for you to transfer money in, pay for your expenses that way. And then when you're making more money you know, above and beyond your expenses, it's perfectly fine to transfer money out to your personal account. But what you don't want to do is start using your business account to pay for personal things. Um, yes. because you were too lazy to log into the app on your phone and move some money over. The IRS, um, one of the first things they do when they audit a small business is they request your business bank statements. And if you've done a really good job of keeping things separate and you're missing a couple of receipts here and there, most auditors will let that slide if they can tell that you were diligent about trying to run your business like a business. Yes. So the, the second thing you should do is have a really excellent calendar. And I mean like write down everything you do for your business on your calendar. Every appointment, every class, every person that you talk to about oils that day because a lot of the tax court cases, um, one of the things that they mention in practically every tax court case I've read, and there have been hundreds of them, is that you know they saw two people during the year about whatever their product was. Well, hmm. they probably saw more than that and talked about it more than that. It just didn't write it down, so there was no documentation. And if you're ever audited, it's not going to be immediately after you file your return. Right now we're filing 2016 returns. Those returns won't start being audited until... 2019. So, I mean, your memory is going to be a little foggy by then. Some days I forget what I had for breakfast by lunch. Oh my so. gosh, I can't even remember what I had yet for five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. So just write that down. You know, if you have a meeting with someone, jot it down. If you went and dropped off samples to someone, write it down. It's also a great tool if you, you know, get a little lax in your record keeping and you're not keeping up TaxBot or whatever software you choose to use, it's a good way to rebuild some of your records if you have to. Yes, and like you said, if you get audited, at least it looks like you're really putting forth the effort and not winging it um, that way. You know, another one is a huge area of gray, and I, I know you're going to be like, yeah, is mileage. What's the deal with mileage? 
So deal with mileage is kind of the same as the other. You just want to be honest. So, um, but you can totally structure. Like, um, you can structure things to your advantage, and I would absolutely encourage you to do that. Certainly the more your business grows, the more you want to structure things to your advantage. Um, mileage, for example, you know, you, you office at home. So if you leave and you have to go to the post office and the grocery store to get personal stuff and dro- drop off some samples and you know, get some office supplies, make the grocery store the last stop on the way home. Not only so your milk doesn't go bad, but also because you can write off all the mileage you know, to the post office and the office supply store and to drop off your samples, but then you need to stop. Like when you go to the grocery store, that's personal, and so technically you should stop. Um, you should also track your mileage. Um, a lot of people think that that is the most tedious, annoying task ever on the history of Earth, and you are absolutely correct. And all the time I audited, I never had a single person with a complete mileage log. Um, the IRS has decided that we suck at that, and so they will let you average. So they will let you take one week a month or one month per quarter and average your miles as long as you know most of your mileage is fairly consistent throughout the year. So that's you know, so you can just be diligent for the first week of every month or the first month of every quarter. It's a little shortcut tip. Or you can just use an app like Mile IQ or TaxBot to track it for you. I think I just heard through the mute on the phone like forty thousand exhales and clapping. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, it's like Ooh, yeah. Ooh, it's so good. Yeah. Another scary thing that I know happens too is when people start to make some money. I know I was there and sometimes, you know, I've been so good every year, even myself for so many years. Sometimes you get spanked a little bit by the end of the year and you're filing and you didn't estimate everything well. But as you go on in time, we get better and better at that. But New distributors, when they get through, you know, a lot of them, of course we know at first, you're putting a lot in, you're investing a lot in, but then you start to make some coin. You know, you might hit silver and you're like, hey, I'm making some bucks. You know, I'm making over $1,000 a month. How on earth can they prepare that to, to put money aside for that income so they don't get a big old bill when it comes to tax filing time and, and just be up the bazoo with owing thousands of dollars? I would say to the second you get your commission check, take 20% and put it into a savings account that you can't touch. Um, I sometimes am, you know, a little bit, you know, I make a little extra money over what I thought and I get a little excited. I love Groupon travel, so um, <laughs> I could literally buy all the Groupons some days and it's like shoe shopping for most people. So I have a savings account at Capital One 360. It's an online bank. I can't see it. Like it's not at my regular bank. They suck the money right up into that account. Half the time I forget the PIN number to log in, so I literally never know how much is up there. Um, you can do that. Like, just immediately have 20% of your money transferred somewhere that you can't see it. And 20% may end up being a lot after your expenses, um, or it may be a little bit short. So if you keep records, um, you can kind of estimate that a little better off your net. But I would say at a minimum, I would take 20% and immediately just move it somewhere that you can't get to it. Yeah, I love that. It's such a good idea. And hey, if you got a big cushion left over, get it into some IRAs, you know. <laughs> That's yeah. I it. 
Like get or that money then working. go buy a bunch of stuff for your business, you know, like yeah. after it's all said and done, like reinvest that. Yes, absolutely. It's such a, that's such great advice. I love the way you put that. Now, you, you talked to me the other day about um, this principle, and I'll say it and then you can expound on it a little bit because this really clarifies, clarifies a lot. You, you know, you said any money that you take in is income and anything out is expense. Can you explain that a little bit to everybody so that when, when they're sitting down and they're trying to figure out columns and pluses and minuses, what do you mean by that, um, that statement? Okay, so um, obviously we all have our commission income, and, and that's pretty easy to track as income because it just comes from Young Living once a month. And then we also, many of us, have other income like from uh, make-and-takes, if you charge people to come to a make-and-take, if you're charging people for classes, or if you're doing bulk buy purchases and people are reimbursing you. you know, so maybe um, the example I used with, with Jen was if you ordered um, 10 copies of my book and they're $15 a copy. So you ordered 10 copies and you got those and you sold them for $15, just what you paid for them. All those little $15 payments that you get back, those are all income. But you do get to write off the expense for when you paid for the books as a line item. Mm -hmm. So if it's books, you know, I usually stick it under a category called publications. Um, or you can do, if you do lots of bulk buys, I just create one called bulk buy purchases. And that's what I put everything that was purchased for bulk buys in. And you write that expense off. So you're not actually paying any tax on that because it's basically a reimbursement unless you've marked it up. Um, but it makes the IRS really, really happy because earlier, you know, I said they're going to ask for your business bank statements or your PayPal statements if you take all this through PayPal. And they're going to add up your deposits and they're going to look at your tax return. And if your deposits don't match the income reported on your tax return, you're going to have a lot of explaining to do. And two and a half years after the fact, it's going to be pretty hard to explain what those deposits were. So if you just mm -hmm. put them on the correct line and it's pretty close, they're probably not going to jack with that a whole lot. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, you're $150 off. All right, we'll let that pass or whatever, you know. Um, and then you, you didn't pay tax on it because you wrote the expense off on the appropriate expense line of your return. So it's still a wash for you. It's all about where the government wants to see it. I'm looking here at the end of your book in the appendix. Um, you give a listing of the, the accounts um, so that people can create those categories like advertising, automobile, bank charges, bulk buy purchases, class materials, so that when people are you know, categorizing those expenses, you've given them a really great list to start with, and they can put that into their – like I use QuickBooks, and so you know, when you first open your account, there's like nothing in there, and then you can add these in there as accounts so that it makes it really, really easy. And these are, there's a couple in here I don't use. I might be like using those next time. <laughs> <laughs> right? I like bulk buy because I definitely do that. <laughs> I've never used that one. I throw in it, I think I throw it under like um, team development or something like that because, you know, buying bulk orders of books or things of that nature for incentives or training or gifts or things like that. Um, all right, now here's those thousand million dollar questions. How does somebody find a good accountant? You know, I don't know about you, but my personal feeling is that when somebody's running their own business, it's really good to have an accountant in your pocket and not try to be figuring all this out yourself. How, um, how, does it, how do you go about finding a really good one? 
I would say the absolute best way is by referral. So, um, you know, talk to other people that have, you know, network marketing businesses specifically and, you know, get a referral to someone. And then um, the next best thing would be um, interview that person. So in my Facebook group, we cover lots of stuff about, you know, all the things that you can write off and why. And you can, you know, you're certainly welcome to join that group. Um, ask them questions that you already know the answer to and see what their answer is. And if they say something that doesn't match up with what you know to be true, ask them where in the tax code they found that information and have them show it to you. Um, if they get offended, you don't want to go there. Um, is it a pain in the rear sometimes to look up in the tax code things that we've known for 20 years? Absolutely. But that's our job. So. I'm never offended when a client asks me to show them where I found that they could write something off or where I found that they could not some, write something off because my job is to educate you um, because you're signing your tax return under penalties of perjury that it's accurate. So ask those. Um, you can also, I didn't mention this when I talked to you yesterday, but uh, should Google them. I can't tell you the number of tax people that, I mean, there's literally no requirement to be a tax professional other than you pay the IRS $50 for a prepared tax ID number. So literally anybody could do it. Um, Google that person and see if they have any, um, any history of issues. You know, I had someone that was going to testify in a, in a court case as an expert witness as a CPA, and she had been barred from practicing before the IRS for participating in a tax fraud shelter. You know, oh so if, if your tax person has been barred from the IRS, you should probably pick a different one. Yeah. <laughs> but ask really questions. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. It's just like looking for a babysitter, you guys. Somebody's got Angie's list. We need tax, tax preparer's list instead of Angie's list. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. Well, I know people are, like I said, I can think, I can know what they're thinking through this. Um, if you look on Facebook, Young Living Taxes and More, you'll find the group. And I'm also going to post the group in my group, the Diamond Factory System group. I will post a link to Dee Dee's group so you guys can find it um, easily and then get over there into that group. There's a lot of people in there and it's really cool. So it's, I will it's say, if you ask to join and there's literally nothing I can see on your Facebook profile that indicates you're with Young Living, I'm probably going to decline you. I know I'm definitely going to decline you, and you're going to have to send me a private message. Um, a side note that's not tax-related is you run a business, and your profile on social media should be indicative of that in some capacity. Um, it also makes it easier for me to let you in the group because I value the privacy of the people in that group, and so it is strictly Young Living folk. Yes, that's totally awesome. And you, I'm going to tell them where to get your book because I personally loaded up on these, and I encourage everybody to get these and pick up some extra for, you know, it, one of the advantages of talking about Young Living Business is to when you're working with new members is to talk about the tax advantages. And this can be a scary topic for some people. And this book is so, so wonderful. It's not over your head. It's very easy for people to understand. It's not super long, especially a tax book to be less than 100 pages is a miracle in my opinion. So <laughs> it, it, it's just like, and I, my favorite part is, actually the pink spine um, because it really in the pink letters because like, it keeps it like it doesn't it's not like boring and serious but the book um, can be found at the website what can I deduct book.com 
and that's where Didi's got, uh, you know, where you can. It's like her store, and you can buy it in one. You can. What is it? One. Oh, ten. One five and, and ten. Yeah. Yeah. One okay. five and ten. Yeah. So you can buy it in bulk, and you can get, um, you know, get them ordered there. So it's what can I deduct book dot com, and they can also contact you through there because you also accept some clients, don't you, for you know tax preparation. I do. Um, I do tax. I take tax clients. Um, I can help with bookkeeping type stuff. Um, you know, just all that good stuff. Um, you mm. can private message me on Facebook as well if you have some questions that you're uncomfortable asking in the group or whatever. Yes, I think it's just fabulous that you're doing this. And you also do um, some live classes. Are you available if a team wanted to bring you in? Are you available for that? I am. Um, obviously not until after April 18th. So um, <laughs> I was going to say when you were saying you're red and green, totally got that because, you know, my message from her was, hey, I know it's not like you're totally busy with tax time, but I'm going to have you on my call any Monday. Like, you know, next week is good. <laughs> like, you're totally going to be on it. I know you're busy and I don't care, but like, it's really <laughs> awesome. Because that's how you get stuff done. I totally respect that about people, and it was great. I was like, I am going to be on her call because, dude, that's cool. <laughs> so yeah, we, you know, I, and I know people need this so badly, and you know, I, if, I, I really jumped on it pretty fast, and I thought, because um, I don't remember who told me this book was done, because I'd met you at Aroma Share, and I didn't put the pieces together because sometimes, you know the brain doesn't always work and I'm like oh my gosh we're running out of time and I looked at the schedule and I'm like oh my gosh the corporate people are already going to have filed but we'll get to the people that are doing personal you know <laughs> absolutely oh my gosh I so, love yeah, that I do, um, I do fly out and do classes um, for people I have to have the cost of my travel covered um, but we you know work really hard to keep it super affordable for everybody and I do team calls. Um, you know, if you want to do a webinar or just a team call in general, we do those for much less. And uh, you know, just schedule a time and, and get everybody on the call. I think the most effective way is when people have done like a private Facebook group, and then we add them to the group after they've paid. Um, mm. So yeah, that's such a good idea. It's such a good idea. It's 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 wonderful to hear fresh ideas as well and ways to do this because this is kind of like the topic that people don't really talk about, even though it's one of the most important topics because this is your money and we are earning money and you know what do you do with it and how do you get started and there's a lot more and and like I said, you guys get the book. It's just it's something you can sit down, you can go through, and you can have it for reference. Um, it's at whatcanideductbook.com. Get into her Facebook group, the Young Living Taxes Facebook group. I'm going to post it um, in Diamond Factory group as well, so you can either search it or find it there. And do you have any thoughts that you want to leave everybody with? But you're going to be at Aroma Share, obviously, this this coming convention, so people can find you there. And uh, I am. I'm going to be there both days, so please come say hi to me. Yes, and you're starting a YouTube channel coming in the summer, right? I am, and um, I have at the Aroma Share event. We are planning to launch um, a class, like a teachable class that you can buy the curriculum and the DVD. It will be a pre-recorded class with a workbook that you can use to teach your teams the tax stuff if you prefer mm. to do it that way. So, oh my gosh, girl! Sending you a virtual high five and a hug on that one. <laughs> <laughs> 
just so incredibly good. I just, it's really, really, this is so needed. This has been kind of a great area for so long. And I really thank you for doing this for, for distributors and helping them in that kind of way. And, uh, well, I think that's it. Um, any last final thoughts before I open the line and have everybody say goodnight to you? Um, no, just be sure you check out the Facebook group because it's a free resource, and um, I'd love to have you in there. Mm, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for spending an hour with us during this critical time of year, and I'm going to open up the line so everybody can say goodnight to you. Hang on, everybody. Thank you, thank you. 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 Thank you.